who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. If you want legendary service, if you, you want, want sweeter discounts, Save by bundling auto and home with insurance. Hey everyone, this is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. and welcome uh, to this uh, brand new spoiler review episode for Moon Knight episode 3 here from the Geek <gasps> Buddies <laughs> hey! <laughs> Doing our best We did thing. talk about this beforehand and that's yeah, the we, best we could do. We did try to schedule but like Steven and Mark we're not maybe 100% in sync just yet so it's our first time kind of doing this uh, solo here for uh, for Moon Knight review uh, thanks to everybody who joined us live yesterday for our uh, Geek Buddies Q&A there with Laura Kelly joining us as a special guest. Our brother in geek, uh, Michael Vogel, is out there traveling Europe uh, for a friend's birthday and having some fun and probably taking a much needed 
vacation with the amount of work that he does as well. But we're here to hold down the fort for episode three. Shannon's called the friendly type. Uh, and this one really was a diff. This is one of the difficult episodes. I enjoyed the first two episodes because I like the banter and the back and forth with Steven and with Mark and with Layla coming in the second episode. But now we've got ourselves so much going on here. The adventure begins, I guess, is another way you could actually kind of uh, title this episode because we are trying to catch Harrow here. You know, the last shot of the end of episode two was, was him after drinking and seeing Steven in the mirror. Mark walks out. We see the pyramids of Egypt. He is in Egypt. He's been brought to Egypt by Khonshu. And now they've got to go and find Harrow and stop him from opening Ahmet's tomb. There's a sarcophagus that needs to get found. Layla gets more involved in this. Stephen and Mark are having uh, back and forth issues. And we, I think most definitely, I know some people are skirting around it in their reviews, but I think I'm going to say most definitely a third personality has shown up here. Is it Jake? We'll find out uh, as uh, things go along in the next few episodes for sure. But it seemed to be Jake. Jake is a cab driver in the comic books and much more fierce um, and violent uh, personality that exists within the triumvirate of personalities in the Mark Spector body. So, Shannon, a lot to discover here. You are well known for being a Raiders of the Lost Ark fan, a Raiders franchise fan, period. You enjoy these kinds of uh, finding ancient artifacts, using maps, using the moon, the sun, and all this kind of stuff. So talk to me. Did you enjoy this episode? Because I know that you've been kind of lukewarm to okay about the first two episodes. Did this one get you back on board? Well, I mean, I feel like my lukewarmness to the first two episodes, a lot of it has been technical. A lot mm-hmm. of it has okay. been just right. me yeah. not necessarily jiving with uh, some of the directorial choices. A lot of the writing, a lot of the mystery... I actually have enjoyed. I mean, yeah. I know a lot of folks who who watch us on YouTube leave comments think that uh, that I'm I have it out <laughs> for the show, but um, a lot of it is just technical, and that does extend into this next episode. I mean, the 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 adventure, the chase, the treasure hunts, um, that is definitely my speed, and a lot of a lot of this episode really really worked for me. I mean, I love I love the puzzles that that we find when we go and meet uh, what is it Mogart. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I love that. I, I mean, I love that uh, visual that we get at the end with Khonshu yes. uh, basically, you know, turning back the sky to 2000 years ago. I mean, that's that's my bread and butter. I mean, I'm a huge Raiders fan. I'm a huge Uncharted the Games fan. Um, I'll probably buy Uncharted on Blu-ray when it comes out, even though I don't think it's like the best movie. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I you know I want to I want to support that I want to support the genre as much as I can. Right. Um, yeah, I really I really did enjoy this, and I liked how much we're getting now of Mark and Steven uh, figuring out how to work yeah. with each other. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm a little with Kalinowski having Mark in the driver's seat for me worked worked a little bit better but i understand the necessity of having steven in it for for an uninitiated audience who who doesn't who doesn't really know the character like this was the best way to introduce this person who has a dissociative um identity disorder yeah um i i i do think some of the action was not as smooth as i would have liked okay um but there's still but there's still the fight sequences as well yes. the fight? okay all right yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i just don't i don't know what it is about this series that again for me that the action just isn't quite landing okay um 
as as many issues uh, as I had with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I, I did think the action is a place that they did do well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought the action in Hawkeye was was fantastic. Yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah. So it's not I, I don't know what it is. It's a second unit issue or 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 what. But it's just not it's just not that smooth to me. And, and, and we'll talk more about uh, about it when we when we get to this one particular section. But yeah. overall, I really enjoyed this episode, even though. There were there were a couple of a uh, couple of issues that I had with it. Yeah, I have to say I enjoyed the episode, but I, I think I was more in your camp from the first two episodes. By the end of this episode, I don't mind. Obviously, I like Raiders. I enjoy the excavating and all that kind of stuff. But I felt there was much, there was too much coincidences here, and there was a little, and especially the Iniad stuff. Let me tell you something. Shannon can go off about the uh, the action sequences and the fight choreography, which I totally respect. But for me. When you have actors who are boring playing avatars of these gods, these ancient Egypt gods, you are going to lose me. And this whole thing that they were snowed over by Harrow so quickly, so easily, when they could have, like, you know, sent a bunch of their avatars to walk over to where Harrow was to investigate the site. I mean, it seemed like this was a rigged uh, um, judgment from the beginning because Harold just came in, said a couple of things that this dude's crazy. So I'm clean. Right. And it just, it just seemed a bit too convenient for plot point situations. And this is where you find the danger of a six episode series. In my opinion, you have to cut corners. You have to have scenes that could be really interesting and uh, have some powerful back and forths. You have to kind of cut the power out from under them to get to the end result, which is Conchu being warned that he's going to be put in, uh, you know, going to be put in stone or whatever, by the end of the episode, if he does, or if he if he messes with the sky again, right? And so you're setting up what's going to happen at the end of the episode. He does get put in stone, but Harrow simply gets to get away with this situation. And the fact that they, they just kind of believe him after he separated himself from Conchu, I would have liked a little more of, like, questioning of Harrow. So it just seemed a little weird to me. And Osiris seems to really have it out for Conchu. So these gods uh, are, are, very, are very petty. Yeah. And so to me, that kind of drives me away from the situation and we didn't get all of them in in the Ennead showing up so I saw some people speculating that Gore the God Butcher may be a reason for that and that's how this might be connected to Thor which will be fascinating if they make that all uh, work but that being said uh, what you said earlier I do like the Mark and Steven getting to understand where the other one works you know Steven at times was coming off a bit like a, a whiny uh, nagging uh guy when he was like don't kill him mark don't kill him. And, and i guess for me i'm a little more like look you gotta do what you gotta do you gotta get to the situation you, there's more lives at stake than your feelings here steven so for me and i find this this is a tendency of my lately in these shows is i'm like let's get to the point you know and and, and enough with the, the 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 i don't know back and forth in our minds about what to do let's get to the point but of course that's where the conflict lies and you've got to have steven have just as much agency as Mark. And so we saw the moments where Steve, where Mark is trying is finally understanding how much Steven's knowledge of the hieroglyphics and Egyptian language and being able to like figure these puzzles out are so essential to them being able to do what they need to do in this situation. Now, I don't know how much Mark knew in the past and certainly not having Layla with him. It seems to have, they've done adventures in the past kind of hurts him a little bit. So having them all come together is how they were able to get to where uh, they were going here. And, 
And uh, Shannon, what's your feelings? Uh, let's just start. Let's jump into the thing. What's your feelings on, on Layla? You know, we get right off the bat. Uh, and let's jump through the storylines here. Layla, right off the bat, we see her getting a fake passport. We hear that she hasn't been to Egypt in 10 years. We hear that it's connected to her father dying. Uh, I think that woman is a, a person in the comics. So I'm not sure who they're trying to connect her to. I, I, I She seemed to have worked for her father. Certainly, she says at the end there, you know, that's your baggage, not mine. And somehow in this crowded country, <clears throat> sorry guys she runs into mark in a in a um crowded square somehow at the exact moment when he's there getting juice trying to find that sarcophagus then we have their back and forth in the boat talking about their relationship and their wedding and he talked about i haven't heard those that music or those sounds since our wedding and then of course because mark says let's not talk about our shit then mark talks about our shit and then we get to <laughs> <laughs> how many times has that happened in an argument you know what? i don't want to i don't want to talk about this anymore but another thing oh, one more thing and then we get to um uh, gaspard ulil there the late uh gaspard ulil sadly uh we see him there and the back and forth of there of course um that is i think midnight man is who that is is who he might be playing but of course he's passed away so i don't know if they're going to recast that and that scene feels clunky to me as well and then eventually she's there with steven uh, with Mark, who initially Moon Knight, then becomes Mister Knight, and helps um, Kanju turn back the uh, Kanju rather turn back the uh, night sky, so they can figure out where this tomb of Amit is. So, talk to me how you feel uh, Mia Kalamawi is doing with this character now, having a much more central role to play here in this episode. And how did you enjoy they kind of laid her out in this episode? Yeah, I really liked how much they they gave her to do. I mean, we mm -hmm. talked about at the end of episode two, like, you know, what do we think? And it's like, well, they haven't, she doesn't have a ton to do yet. Right. Not yet. Um, in this episode, especially with that opening scene where she's getting the passport, like you get, you get a sense of her past that, that her father was, you know, some sort of archeologist yeah. and you get, you get a sense of her affection for Mark, even though she wants to kind of, no. she, she knows it makes sense to kind of cut ties, but this is, you know, this is her husband. I mean, this right. is the man that she loves and, it's not easier said than done. So it's funny the thing that you you brought up, um, like with the Ennead and everything. Yeah. And you know, I'll, I'll get back. I'll get back to sure, May sure. Kalamui in a second. But um, you know, with all films, yeah. all television series, I mean, there are going to be there are going to be imperfections. Like, there's no such thing as as a as a perfect as a perfectly executed movie. I mean, you might be able to make the argument for like Back to the Future, um, but it's it's the things that stand out for you yeah and that's why it, it's a it's a subjective medium where um you know you can watch infinity war and endgame which i love those movies mm -hmm. if you really kind of break down the logic it's like well that doesn't actually make sense uh, <laughs> well, sure, that, of course. That, that actually wouldn't have worked <laughs> but if if you're enjoying the story enough that that doesn't bother you have at it like the the first two episodes there were things that bothered me enough that stood out for me enough that sort of affected my enjoyment. Mm -hmm. um, so it's interesting. Like that's how it was with you with the Ennead. Like the, those yeah. actors, <sighs> they, they didn't bother me. I mean, it was just sort of really? one of those situations. Wow. I'm like, I get, I, I get what this is. I get what they're trying to do. Um, it, but, but for you, that was something that really stood out to you. Like yeah. you felt that these, these performers needed to be if a little, no, a little more dynamic. If they're going to be avatars of gods, I'd like them to be a little more dynamic. Yes. Um, uh, you know, so for me, so that, just, just for me, but I hear what you're saying. Right. For me, it just didn't uh, work. Um, 
the scene like and again like total happenstance total coincidence yeah this is something that that you know uh uh, vogel's very good at uh at dinging people on in the room is the level of coincidence that the audience will accept now mark running into um layla in the square after he's gotten that juice it's like yes that is that is a bit of a coincidence all all you needed is a scene where she's been tracking him and then she shows up it really would have been a 30 second scene to add into the mix that would have made much more sense. But again, absolutely. I mean, there's probably examples of coincidence throughout all these Marvel shows and movies that I'd be like, Oh, that made sense to me. I didn't care. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Of course. And and that one didn't bother me. There's one coming up that I'll tell you about that. I think people are going to be like, Oh, really? (laughs) You know, that's so nitpicky. But for me, I'm like this particular moment. I'm like, Oh, come on. You, you needed five (laughs) seconds. You needed five seconds. Um, But the, the scene with the two of them on the boat, I really, yeah. really enjoyed. I mean, you I agree get with that. that. I like that you, scene. You get that connection, and then later, when Mark, um, when Stephen takes over, and Layla's watching him work, and how Layla, the whole concept of having these multiple personalities, like this, this is new for Layla. Yeah. Um, and there's something intriguing about Stephen that that you know you you can you can see in her eyes, like she's really she's really intrigued with this guy because he yeah. looks exactly like Mark, but he's a little different. Um, and there was one other thing that, that she did that, oh, the, the fight scene with Beck, I thought she was, I, I was, I was a little more invested with that fight scene than I was with Moon Knight. And like, I I love the visual of the Moon Knight costume. I think some of the CGI is a little distracting. I mean, not, not to the point that it's, it's, um, it's a no-go for me, but watching her fight that fight with Beck like I was really I was like oh I'm actually more interested in this one right now <laughs> so I think you know she's been given more to do and yeah. she's she's really knocked it out of the park yeah I agree with you I like her I like her energy it works so well with what we're doing here she's very self-composed you know and obviously in the comics the character that she's playing from the comics uh, isn't quite as um in charge of things that you as you as she is here right and so i like that they've adjusted and kind of honed some things to make it work for the 2022 sensibilities i shudder to think how this would look in 2015 how different the character would be you know and uh, probably played for jokes or not maybe as have as much strength in or uh, uh how can i say this? Uh, as import i guess in the overall story so having her be the lead scene you see in this episode i think is great speaks volumes that they really want the um, the audience to connect to this character and then watching her navigate what she's navigating here and then having those moments of tenderness with Mark that you totally believe. And then the moments where she's fighting, you know, that double move with the stabbing back there with the uh, pieces of her necklace, that was brilliant. A great move. And you can just sense the ferocity there. And, of course, she runs out there to help Moon Knight and the camera follows her as she jumps over the fence and shoots and then, of course, gets hit from behind and, and then Mark flips out and has to kind of save her as Moon Knight. Um, but you sense that she's getting, and then of course her falling in love with Steven there. She's, this is something that Mia's doing really well is we're sensing her connection with Mark. We're sensing her issues with Mark and certainly her confronting Mark after Harrow has kind of alluded to the fact uh, there that um, uh, he might have something to do with her father's death, the back and forth. I don't know how much Mark is lying in that scene, and how much he's protecting her from the actual truth in that scene. We're going to find out, I suppose, as the show goes along. But then what that leads to later is her kind of having these moments where she's telling Mark, cut it out, let Stephen through, both at the sarcophagus and later on 
uh, when they're out uh, um, uh, there uh, in the in the uh, it's a desert trying to figure out how to line up the stars and get all that squared away. So there's a lot more that she's involved in that I think gives her so much gives her such an interesting charm and appeal to the viewers. So I like that we're getting much more with her. And I have a feeling there's some um, come to Jesus moments coming between them. Certainly. This they've been referencing her father a lot from the second episode, of the exposition in the car with those two detectives to here now with what Harrow is using against her. And that's another part of this thing. Let's move on to that. I mean, we'll get to Mark and Steven because that's really the crux and the big storyline to talk about. Let's talk about Harrow. How do you feel Harrow is coming along as a villain in this piece? We see him, you know, having the backbone of Steven in the last episode and revealing that he was the former avatar of Khonshu and here we have him going to Amit's tomb finding this thing trying to trying to get in touch with it then showing up out of the blue to uh to confront them there at uh what's his name again the the guy that has the sarcophagus Mogart yeah Mogart at Mogart's place confronting him the midnight man there at Mogart's place and uh and then he's just showing him the power and, and immediately snows him snows the Iniad. And then in the end, when he sees the the night moving and all that stuff in the sky, he says to Khonshu, you brought this on yourself. Um, he even has little jokes there during the scene with the Inead gods when he's like, hey, uh, you know, I don't miss that voice uh, and the back and forth with all that. So do you like how they're developing uh, Ethan or do you, uh, and, and this character, Arthur Harrow, or do you think it's a little bit lacking here? Well, I mean, I think Ethan Hawke is doing uh, a sure. really, really great job. I, yeah, I sure. think he, I, I think he's, he's a, he's a fascinating, he's a fascinating villain. And like, you know, the best yeah. villains are the ones who don't think that they're, they're the villain. You know, they all, we're all the heroes right. of our own story. He thinks he is 100% correct. I mean, the mustache twirling bad guy, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's, uh, that, that's not always that fun. Right. Um, Unless she, unless you're talking about like uh, uh, Andy Circus's, uh, you know Ulysses Claw, like that guy, <laughs> that guy is a blast. He is a blast. But the approach that um, Ethan Hawke is taking, this yeah. guy who who truly believe, like a true believer, um, I think it's great. I mean, the, the Inead scene, I 100% agree that <laughs> the moment's like, look, I was just visiting the desert. <laughs> I'm just a simple caveman. These ways are, <laughs> your ways are confusing to me. Like, I thought that was, that was a pretty, maybe the Egyptian gods have been a little disconnected from humanity. And <laughs> be like, this guy's lost overvoid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that seems a little, that, that seems like a pretty easy excuse. Um, but I think what he is doing is great. Mm -hmm. The scene, the, that big action scene at Mogart's, the thing that kind of, like the whole scene, I, I had some I had some story problems with mm. because I get why Harrow shows up. Like he does not want Mark and Layla to have this information. Like right. even though like he knows where where the tomb is. I mean that the little compass told him. Um, right, right. We're presuming that the that they're digging, like they're gonna find it. Um, but there's the gonna thing, be multiple coffins, I imagine, down there in that tomb, right? I mean, it's not like one. I mean, well, whether. You know, I, I don't I don't I, okay. I wouldn't necessarily think with that because Amit wasn't a person. I mean, she was she was an entity. I mean, she was like, a, yeah. I think she's kind of portrayed as a creature more. So I feel like the tomb, it's not going to be like they're going to have to check multiple sarcophagus to look for a for a body or for a mummy. Really? I think okay. it's I think it's something that's she's locked away. That's okay. that's what I'm taking from it. I could right, be 100 percent wrong. Find this sarcophagus that supposedly is going to lead them to the actual location. Right. Of the of the tomb. OK. All right, fair enough. But, Go ahead. Yeah. 
like I did like the part where he where Harrow does sort of demonstrate this power. Mm-hmm. Um, like, look at what this can do. And then he just sort of casually leaves, <laughs> which is, you know, what they need him to do for the story. They need him out of the way, but it just yeah. wasn't handled. Uh, it, it wasn't handled in the most interesting way. I mean, yeah. the moment that he walked away, it's like, so did you guys come to a deal? Like you said you were going to give Mogart the treasure, but you just kind of blew up the sarcophagus and kind of pieced out. Um, yeah. So again, I think Ethan Hawke is doing a great job. But um, I, I don't disagree with you that this probably wasn't handled um, uh, the most interesting. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And for those of you who don't know Midnight Man, he came up in Moon Knight number three back in 1981. He's a thief who would dress up in an all-black costume and steal famous works of art and jewels and from museums and mansions around the world. Um, and he would commit his robberies exactly at midnight, Shannon. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, and someone pointed out here that I was reading some of the Easter eggs here um, that uh, when he gets um, uh, stabbed or, or shot, whatever it is that, oh, yeah, he gets stabbed by uh, what uh, a Moon Knight throws there. One of the little moon daggers. Yeah, little crescent daggers there. Um, uh, the clock rings midnight. So uh, maybe there's a little allusion there to uh, Midnight Man, so to speak. So kind of interesting. But it, it, they do kind of keep the spirit of that character because clearly he is a guy who goes and finds this stuff and he claims he's doing it to protect the um uh, to protect the artifacts from the wrong people and it's exactly what layla says at the beginning when uh, that uh, older lady calls her out for stealing or and she says it's not stealing these artifacts i'm returning them back to their rightful owners and maybe i keep a few just to pay the rent and sell them just to pay the rent so everyone's got their sliding scale of morality in this situation when it comes to artifacts which i think is fascinating uh, on so many levels but i liked the character and that's that's just a shame that uh um, gasper passed away obviously a shame in real life uh but certainly a shame for the actual story too because who are they going to get to come in and play midnight man if they're going to make that character a part of it? were you, were you uh, who's who was his henchman again what's his name Beck. Beck. Were you happy to see him introduced in this way and then easily wiped out by the end uh, in, in that scene? I thought that was a little bit of a letdown. I wanted, I thought that actor was really powerful. I had nice uh, commanding energy. He should have been one of the avatars of the gods, for God's sake. What, I mean, did you, did you like that they took him out so quickly? I mean, I, again, not being overly familiar with uh, Moon Knight's bench, mm. um, like I, like the guy, the the guy did his job. Like you're in, you're in, kid. You're in. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many of these characters are they going to be necessary going yeah. forward. Like uh, Gaspar Uliel. Uh, I mean, I think I'm saying that right. Yeah. Um, he was he he was fantastic, and I think I actually wrote in my notes like it's a real shame that yeah um, we're not going to get to see this guy again. I mean, obviously because of his you know untimely passing, but he, this is an actor who you know he. It's one of those things where it's that thing you can't teach mm-hmm. that some people just have this quality, just a, they, he just has a magnetic presence on screen. Yeah. And, and he was one of those guys. And my, my assumption is that had he lived, um, oh, depending yeah. on how, depending on how Moon Knight turns out, my guess is that we would have seen him again in some form, just because sure. again, he, he was just, he was just very, very unique. He just had a very, he had a very specific quality that is sort of indefinable, you know, the, the je ne sais quoi. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, he, he really, really interesting, but yeah, I agree that the actor who played Beck as well, I I thought that guy, I I thought all the actors did a good job. Um, I think what they were given may not have been the strongest. Fair enough. Um, And then we'll see what happens obviously, because I mean, 
uh, Mid- uh, he uh, Mogard made a reference to Madripoor, right? The line mm-hmm. is, uh, after Madripoor, I'm sure you two will have a lot to talk about. So maybe uh, that character is being lined up as the Baron Zemo for this section of the MCU with Moon Knight. That's a possibility as well. And having him like uh, kind of connect up with these other guys. So he's very aware uh, as a as a power broker, for lack of a better term himself, of who's involved on all this kind of stuff. So, um, well, and it's also an acknowledgement to the larger MCU. Like we yes, haven't right, really gotten a lot of that in yeah. the, in this series. And it's probably, you know, it's probably by design. Um, something that I did notice yeah. um, was when they were uh, creating Layla's passport, um, the distribution date was 2021. And I want to say the expiration date was 2028. So I'm like, I wonder when this show takes place. Is this oh, before, 2023 is yeah. this before Endgame? Um, because the fact that Harrow did not mention Thanos, well, I guess that wouldn't make sense actually. Like they're aware of Thanos at this point. Yeah, eh, never mind. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I thought I thought I had something really insightful. Never mind. That's what a review show is for: is for us to work out our thoughts as we talk about this stuff. So I got no, I had no issue with that. Yeah, and they're basing a lot of that. What we're going to see here throughout the run, throughout the series, we're seeing it based on Jeff Lemire and Greg Smallwood's run from 2016. So you can read that run and find some more information on some of the stuff that's going on here uh, in this series. Let's move to Stephen and Mark here. Uh, Shannon, as we alluded to and kind of mentioned a a little bit already, this uh, growing understanding of each other, whereas Stephen was really scared of Mark and didn't want Mark to have as much power and control over his body. And certainly Stephen was disappearing for days um, uh, and assuming that it was Mark every time. Now we've got Mark kind of understanding that Stephen, he's got to figure out how to work with Stephen because Stephen does have some positive um, uh, benefits to being a part in this body. But as we see in that fight with those three dudes on top of the roof, Steven and Mark uh, kind of uh, disappear on each other in this situation, end up in the cab, sees the guys come down, confronts them, chases them, then gets knocked out. And when he comes to, he is killing all these guys. Um, And then the third kid who he kind of slapped in a little bit of a reference to kill Bill, I think, in my opinion, grabs Khonshu tells him to hang him off the cliff and the kid cuts his own scarf and kills himself and Khonshu says oh I thought he'd talk and so we know and both Stephen and Mark say I didn't do this so clearly I think Jake Lockley is making um a um appearance here and some people thought that he was in the cracked mirror that we saw in episode two I saw some of our uh, viewers comment that in the comment section below that they thought that it uh, he appeared there. So um, we may have seen Jake Lockley already without knowing it. And some of these disappearances or missing days in uh, Stephen's life may have been consumed by uh, Jake Lockley. So do you think we've opened the door to a third personality? If both of them claim that they weren't killing those three guys, or they didn't kill those three guys or two guys that were there. And then the third one that died, of course, in Mark's hands. What do you think about that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I think Vogel's the one that had speculated in episode episode two when mm-hmm. we did get to we we got more of Mark that whoever asked out uh, uh, Stevens' museum right. coworker, yes. that tour guide, that that after getting to know Mark and we see Mark's affection for Layla, like yeah. that wouldn't have been Mark. Maybe that was Jake. And we also, I mean, the yeah. the fight. Um, while I didn't think the fight choreography was like the smoothest, like I did like the character building that it did because mm-hmm. that moment that Mark chooses to slap that kid while 
very, very funny. Yeah. It's also maybe Mark is not this stone cold killer that he has been portrayed to be. Like we see that moment of like he doesn't necessarily like he this is this is a teenager. He's like, I don't yeah. want to punch. I don't want to punch a kid. I'm going to snap him to get him out of the way. But I don't want to I you know, I don't want to hurt him. Yeah. And then whatever whatever happens like when when mark kind of phased out when steve when he saw steven in the knife whatever happened which we are presuming is jake at that point um uh whatever happened was scary enough for those three guys to run and when jake got out of or uh, when mark got out of the cab and said i want to talk to you and they want nothing more to do with him like leave us leave us alone leave us alone man and then you see you know he when it cuts to that that cliff where he's where he's killed the two guys um i think we're getting a really interesting um really interesting picture of mark and what he is and what he isn't willing to do um whether it's on behalf of Konshu or not. Uh, and also this idea that Mark potentially had something to do with Layla's father's death. Mm. Um, if he was the one who was responsible, was it him or was right. it Jake? Yeah, that's a great point. Shannon. And, and it's interesting, Shannon, because we also get a little bit more of the conversation with Mark and Layla in the boat. There's a reference that Mark says, like, I used to be able to control it for some reason. Now I can't. And I wonder why that is, because, look, each of them has to ask the other one to give them the body. Jake doesn't seem to need to ask anybody to take over the body. So is Jake the personality that gets triggered when, A, he's either very, very sexually aroused by somebody or feels very, very threatened uh, that their lives are at stake um, in a situation? And Jake is the thing that is the personality that takes over without asking permission. So, I mean, this is. What I kind of was thinking about as you were talking, Jake is the one that we haven't seen Jake go, let me take over the body at all yet. So Right. Well, and also you think back to episode one, that scene in Bavaria where he's, uh, Stephen has the uh, the yeah. scarab and those yeah. guys are surrounded him. And the next time, like he blips out when he comes back, right. his hand is covered in blood. Now we are all presuming that that was Mark. Um, now seeing sort of the brutality of what this third individual does. And, and again, Mark's hesitance to, uh, to, to cross a line, it seems. Yeah. Um, now we're starting to think like, oh, is Jake the one who is able to involuntarily take the body without asking permission? And like my, my guess is that we're going to find out whatever this event was mm-hmm. that, um, that has uh, uh, sort of taken away Mark's ability to, con- to, to keep his other, his other, uh, persons in check Uh, my guess is that we're gonna we're gonna find out what that is and it's probably related to Konshu yeah that uh uh this third entity whether it be Jake or or not that this third entity is willing to do the things that Mark won't yeah we have to find out too what is sparking the dissociative identity disorder is it Konshu or did he have this already before Konshu made contact with him did Konshu as Harold said Harold you know Marvel over the last few years with their villains, they have given them some elements of truth in their counter arguments um, against the heroes. And certainly here in episode two, Harrow says, and certainly here in the, uh, in the trial, their trial uh, in front of the Indian uh, uh, there um, that Khonshu chose this guy because he is unstable because, well, I don't want to say unstable in a negative way, but certainly he's got, um, the dissociative identity disorder situation that Conchu can manipulate. So did Conchu choose him or did Conchu cause this to happen 
inside Mark Spector, assuming he is the main personality here in this body. So uh, I'm going to be very curious if we get a like flashback to that situation, Conchu's first appearance to Mark Spector and what that caused in Mark. Because if Mark was already leaning this way, already had dissociative identity disorder, having an Egyptian god influence you to be involved involved in all this shit can't be good for your mental health. So I wonder how much they're going to explore. And if you read the comics, certainly it's an uneasy alliance with Conchu all the time. Uh, uh, for sure, with all the personalities, even Jake, even Jake. So I'm going to be very curious to see what more we're going to get. Um, and, and do you like, a, just to go back to this thing, I, didn't, I don't think you addressed it 100%. Do you like that Stephen and Mark are kind of figuring it out? How, 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 do you see them? Kinda, do you see Jake as the danger of these two figuring it out? Yes, that's one of the things that I really, really enjoyed this episode, mm-hmm. especially in that in the sarcophagus scene that you got to see the negotiation between Mark and Steven. Yeah. Um, knowing that Mark, knowing that if he gives up the body, chances are um, he might not get it back. Yes. And right. if he doesn't get the body back, if he doesn't fulfill this deal with Conchu, then Conchu is potentially going to take Layla. Yeah. And so it makes for a really interesting, really interesting moral argument. Like yeah. I, th- I think that's sort of the, the goal of the character is you want to find sort of this, harmonious relationship with the personalities but that's the end goal like for for an audience like we 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 need the conflict because that's what keeps the story going yeah um when we when they are kind of firing on all cylinders that's going to be really satisfying at the end of this road but like you're you're starting to see the begrudging respect Mm -hmm. that they are gaining for each other like the moment where (laughs) mr knight appears in that action sequence and he gets stabbed. Yeah. I mean, he's trying to calm everybody down. Everybody chill the F out. Boom, gets stabbed. Take the body, take the body, take the body. Yeah, right, exactly. So not so much begrudging, more like necessitating the need to get the body back to Mark. So Stephen's understanding that there are situations uh, where his uh, particular brand of uh, assuming he can talk his way through things is not going to work. And so <laughs> certainly four, uh, th- two or three lances through your body will make you change your mind for sure. Um, <laughs> let's move on to this. I know we've been mentioning it a number of times here. Let's move on to this conversation with the end. Because I think as much as I may not have liked it, there was a lot of stuff that was revealed here about the gods and their approach. And I don't know about you, Shannon, but I got Eternals vibes from some of the things that Osiris's avatar and the other avatars were saying, um, and Conchu call them out through Mark, Mark's body saying like, you guys have, you know, you guys need to come back from the opulence of the overvoid. You need to save this realm. Um, and the gods respond back saying, you know, no humans rejected us. So we don't need to believe in them. We are just observing. This is stuff we heard from the Eternals saying the same thing. We'd observe, we don't interfere. So what did you think about this scene in terms of laying the groundwork for how these gods and these avatars are going to work? Do you sense by the end of the episode that there is an uneasy alliance or maybe a convenient alliance between the Osiris avatar and Harrow? Are they more in on what Harrow is trying to do than, than you might think because they seem to have a certain kind of bitterness towards humanity by saying that humanity rejected them so what problem would they have with Amit coming forth to deliver punishment ahead of time before humanity does anything or members of humanity do anything? Do you think that we maybe had a preview of that here in this whole scene? 
Uh, possibly. I mean, the whole section, again, the actors didn't bother me. The whole section, I really enjoyed. I mean, I love the introduction where they were talking about the portal to get there and this wall yeah. just opens up. I mean, that again, that's that the cool. that's the Raiders Uncharted stuff that I that I love. I'm like, oh, fantastic. And again, like my my enjoyment of F. Murray Abraham as Conchu is growing and growing and growing. Again, that first episode, I really didn't I really wasn't jiving with yeah, yeah. with his his approach, and I don't know if he recorded on separate days, but I think I said last time, like I feel like somebody different was in the booth with him, and and, <laughs> well, and pointed him. Gave him more to do. They gave him more levels to play rather than like get away from him. Summon the suit. Do this. This is more. He's more <laughs> the having a back. Yeah, the idiot is back. <laughs> you said you could control the moron, you know. And now it's more a matter of a back and forth about what's happening here. So maybe that's a, another part of this movie. That's helping you enjoy him more. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I like his dynamic with Mark better. Like, his, yeah. and, and it gets to an interesting place with Steven by the end of this episode. But the actual scene, like, I thought, you know, it we, because of how they've, um, how yeah. they've changed the Asgardians for the cinematic universe, where they're essentially aliens. Yeah. Um, that's been a question. Like, are the Egyptians, are they gods? I mean, basically, the Overvoid is sort of like another plane of existence, I guess. Yes. Um, and again, I was getting the Gore the God picture question in my head as well. Like, are the if these are gods, right. um, is are are they on Gore's uh, hit list? Um, so the whole concept I thought was really cool. But the the moment that you're referring to with the Osiris Avatar and Harrow, yeah. it definitely seems like there is some sort of cooperation going on because Harrow was walking in the lead. Yeah. Um, and Osiris was walking behind him. And I think that, I mean, obviously for the camera, you want Ethan Hawke in the forefront. Right. But I, I think from a character point of view, like that makes, he, he almost seemed deferential to him. Mm -hmm. And whatever this plan is, this plan with Amit, if uh, like a, a permanent severing of the Egyptian gods to earth, like, is that something they want to like, yeah. is, is, you know, what do they, what do they get out of this? Like they have their avatars, to observe but what else do they get out of this out of this relationship that they have as these as these ancient egyptian gods mm -hmm. um and again going back to f murray abraham for just a second like i know i'm pivoting a little bit um but something that i thought was really cool like i loved that scene where he turned back the knights i was like that yeah, is that was cool so freaking cool yeah, yeah. um i didn't love that he had steven help him he's like well do what i do like put your hands yeah. up like Eh, I don't think we needed that. But um, the moment that he actually refers to him as Steven. Yeah. He doesn't refer to him as the idiot or the worm or the moron. He Khonshu is now recognizing and acknowledging the um, capability that Steven has in certain ways. I mean, figuring out like that, the star charts, like, you know, yeah. folding, you know, doing the certain folds cool. and, and saying like, you know, in ancient Egypt, that's how, that's how they navigated was by the stars. I'm like, yeah. that whole section Again, this the show's been so gives gives me some stuff that I like, but then from a technical aspect, uh, technical aspect, there are things that I'm like that just kind of just kind of irk me. And and for a lot of our audience, um, it's not irking them, yeah. and I'm thrilled. Like I would I would love to I would love to to watch it through your eyes. Um, but there is so much stuff here that I really really do like. Yeah, well, I mean, I will say this. Um... I think this is good character development because Khonshu, as you said, it's good. It's great. You pointed out Shannon using Steven's name is his way of accepting Steven more. And the reason he's accepting Steven more 
is because he's seeing that Steven is wanting to be more a part of the situation. Him becoming Mr. Knight, which, of course, in the comics took forever for that to happen, um, so quickly in the show shows a, a um, desire of Steven to be a part of this, but on his own terms. And I think there's a piece of Conchu that actually respects that and certainly becomes uh, Mr. Knight in that fight in that arena um, to briefly uh, think he can handle the situation. So, and then him becoming Mr. Knight here with, and figuring out, I mean, without Steven, they don't figure out that they have to move the Knight and all this kind of stuff. So Steven is becoming essential. So not only is Mark understanding that, so is Conchu. And so this kind of forces Conchu to be a little bit more friendly or a little more accepting of Steven uh, overall. So, and that's, that's going to be fascinating to see how that relationship develops as we're seeing Layla's relationship with Steven develop, as we're seeing, Layla's relationship with Mark, how it's kind of changing, how Conchu's relationship with Mark is changing as well, and Mark's fear that Conchu wants to, wants to take Layla to be his new avatar, all of that. So there's a lot of moving pieces in this. So whatever my issues were with the episode, and I did have a couple, obviously, I got no complaints about the main actors and the storylines and how they're playing them out and where they're going uh, overall. Do I think they cut a few corners in this episode? Yes. But then again, it's a six episode series. So you got to get to what you got to get to because you want to you want to land this bird and you want to land this bird in a powerful way so that people are excited to see this character again for either a second season or in the main movies uh, theatrically. So we shall see with that. Anything more? I mean, does the uh, is the overvoid something do you think that they just mentioned or do you sense do you see sense that we'll see the overvoid at overvoid at some point in the next three episodes and maybe the gods themselves in the overvoid? Uh, without being avatars, but maybe some CGI. Would that uh, scare you to see them as CGI gods in the Overboard? Not at all. Like the okay. the door that they have opened with the show with with Konshu, um, okay. I'm I'm actually really curious to see what the good the gods look like in their right. sort of ethereal form. I think that's a really really cool idea. Like I don't know, I don't know how we get there right yeah. now. Um, but I actually think that's a, that's a really, really good idea, especially if the show does sort of link up with Thor uh, yeah. in, in some way. Um, we get to see these uh, Egyptian gods in their god form. Um, so then when we possibly see them in a few months uh, in July in Thor, like I, I think that's I think that's an awesome idea. Yeah. Um, the one thing that really and like I know we haven't talked about this yet but the yeah. one thing that really kind of bugged me um <laughs> in in that in that uh, uh big uh, action sequence at the end mm. uh, is it the merma uh the el merma i think yeah. that's what they called it yeah the fighting um, style. yeah 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 like the the moment that harrow does demonstrate that power which i thought was cool mm. um and and we see Khonshu telling Mark to summon the suit, summon the suit. Yeah. And there are like I went back and watched the scene. I'm like, all right, am I being nitpicky here? Uh, probably, <laughs> um, just for for like my my action sequence brain. But you know, you got three three guys with guns on Mark and Layla. Hero does his thing. They sort of uh, look at it, which you know, makes sense. I mean, this yeah. is something that none of these individuals have ever seen. Um, and then then they come back and Mark's gone. And it's like, oh, where did he go? And suddenly you look up and he's on top of the pyramid just off his moon night. Yeah, That's, yeah. That really bothered me because I was yeah. like, you, we need something. We need to see we need to see how entranced they are with with this magical demonstration that Harrow has done. I'm like, because it just doesn't fr from a logic standpoint, 
Um, even though, yes, you know, we're dealing with a television series about, you know, Egyptian gods, <laughs> like their logic kind of goes out the window. Um, from a logic standpoint, I'm like, I don't know how, how Mark vanishes at that point just to mm -hmm. become Moon Knight. Like that's the, like your thing with the Ennead, like, you know, give me the 30 or with uh, uh, Layla finding, finding Mark, like give me the 30 second scene. That was something like, give me the five seconds where the, where Mark is able to casually slip back yeah. um, versus him just sort of vanishing and reappearing. That was, that, that was something that I, I kind of had an issue with, even though like once we actually got to the fight scene, even though I didn't think the CGI was awesome, yeah. I loved watching Moon Knight kick ass. Like that was, you know, <laughs> getting to see the spinning and throwing, you know, the crescent daggers and everything. Like I thought that was, that was awesome. And I hope, yeah. I imagine we're only going to get more of that as the show goes on. But now with Khonshu imprisoned in stone, is Mark and or Steven going to be able to access the suit? Right. Right. Good point. Yeah. And one thing to throw in as well here in this situation, and I agree with you. I had a problem with that watching it a second time as well. Like, he's not Batman. I know they make the connection that he might be Marvel's <laughs> Batman, but he's not Batman. And, and, and so him just like kind of disappearing and then appearing all the way up there in that on top of the period just seemed like oh come on you know, some people would have seen something you know um i don't care how entranced you are um uh, one more thing we should bring up and i should kind of clarify i had no issues with the actress who played yatseel i thought she was great as the avatar of hathor uh, mm. hathor uh, who is the goddess of music and love and apparently this character hathor uh, is um, a sibling of wakanda's panther god bast uh and so is Kanchu. so maybe she was introduced, given some more of a connection. Certainly, she's the one that explains where the sarcophagus might be and why it was held, uh, why it was hidden away, and all of that with Amit. So she may be someone who comes back in the Black Panther film, in Black Panther 2, maybe in Wakanda Forever. There are, there's a scene with her, we shall see. So th there was a reason she was highlighted having these interactions with Mark. And certainly, there seems to be a backstory between Hathor and Khonshu, because she says, you know, it wasn't that long ago that Hathor, that Khonshu didn't mind Hathor's uh, poetry, you know, and which is essentially, hey, we got it on. So uh, I, I'm going to see, I'd like to, I'm very curious to see where that goes. And I did like the actress who played Yatsil. So of all the avatars, she's the one that stood out to me. And so I like that. The other ones look like they were in the, the, the mummy part five. And I just, I just didn't buy it at all. Just had trouble with it. No offense. To them, I just had trouble with it. So. Um, but overall, I, I think both of us fall in the camp of liking the episode. You a little bit more than I did, but you know, certainly um, uh, doesn't mean that it wasn't a good episode. Both of us felt it was a good episode uh, and certainly opened the doors with some more of the developing plot lines between the characters. And we got a little bit more of understanding the gods, the Egyptian gods and their connection to all this. But now we've got uh, Khonshu back in stone for the second time, apparently, because he messed with the sky again. Um, so and he t and it's another moment uh, to uh, Shannon when you spoke about him saying Stephen's name, he told Stephen, Stephen, when they encase me in stone, please tell Mark to free me. So there was a softer touch to that. There was a real kind of connection with Stephen that he was trusting him with this very big task. So certainly that's going to be something as we go into episode four and we go into Amit's tomb. Possibly, what is that going to lead us to? Or maybe it's a flashback episode. I don't know. Um, so what do you think we're going to get here in episode four? What do you anticipate we're going to be seeing here in episode four? I mean, that's, I mean, you know, Harrow and his, his crew, they were digging. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were. I mean, is this, is this a Raiders situation where they possibly, you know, oh, digging? 
aren't digging in the right spot. I mean, it, yeah. the, the, the scarabs seem pretty clear um, <laughs> where they were supposed to dig. Um, but, you know, I imagine, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's all going to kind of come down to whether or not Mark and Steven can access the suit without mm. Khonshu. Yeah. I think if, I think if they're able to, then Khonshu doesn't come back until the end of episode six. Right. Um, if at all, like maybe, 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 maybe we've seen the end of Khonshu. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, my guess is that we're going to have to see some sort of flashback to sort of resolve the um, the uh, dilemma of uh, Layla's dad. Yeah. And and whether or not was it Mark that was partially responsible or was it Jake that was partially responsible? Like right, obviously right. what we're coming up on episode we're coming we're, we're at the midway point like yeah, yeah. Jake or whomever is uh, is coming and I think they're probably going to arrive with a with a vengeance yeah yeah and certainly as we said doesn't need to take over the body he just takes over the body um and that may be why mark thinks like no there's not i wasn't there when your father died or i had nothing to do with that it may not be mark uh hiding the information from her it may be because jake is the one that did it mark just has no idea about it because clearly neither one of them have an idea of who jake is because they both claim like i didn't do it when the two guys are killed the two henchmen are killed there by the knife neither one of them says they did it and believably say that. So clearly Jake's got some, uh, some things to answer for here. And we're going to see how Jake pops up and maybe something, some criticism you made in episode one will come, uh, come to bear here where Jake shows up looking completely different, like a different hairstyle, different look, different approach, different manner, all of that. So maybe that's what they've been saving that moment for. We shall see. Um, uh, all right. Anything more Shannon or shall we wrap up here? No, I mean, I'm look, I, I mean, there are definitely I, I have nitpicks with the show, but I'm enjoying the show. Like, I'm really excited to figure out to to uh, find out what happens. So even though <laughs> just just as a reminder, people that are undoubtedly going to have comments about my my critique. No. <laughs> Welcome to the Internet. That's the game. You know? I, I am. I am enjoying the show, even though I don't necessarily agree with all the creative choices. That's fair. That's totally fair. And uh, I would say. That I'm enjoying the show a little bit more than Shannon overall, a little bit more than Shannon. Uh, but yeah, I, but I'm starting to sense that there are some creative decisions here that I'd like to have bear a little bit more fruit, more enjoyable fruit overall. But we shall see. Got to be patient. This next episode is going to be something interesting, I'm sure. Um, all right. Well, thanks so much for watching the spoiler review episode of episode three of Moon Knight here from the Geek Buddies. We appreciate it madly. Uh, you know, Michael will be back for our main show and our review of episode four next week. So uh, bear with us on that one. Uh, Shannon, what do we have to tell him? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow the absent Mr. Vogel, it is at MKTune. If you would like to follow the absent Mike Kalinowski, I believe oh. it's at Mike Kalinowski. Right. And if you would like to follow Mr. Roca, who's very, very present, it is at the Roca Says. <laughs> yes. My apologies. Of course, Kalinowski will be back joining us as well next week. The two Mikes will be back next week. <laughs> So for sure. Um, uh, and yeah, and please remember to follow, uh, to subscribe to the channel down below. Hit that subscribe button, hit that bell button so you see when we're dropping all the content we do here on the Outlaw Nation channel. Leave a comment, leave a like, comments and likes, elevate the visibility of the show. Also, we've got a podcast feed, the Geek Buddies podcast feed, where all our stuff is there on audio form. Maybe you don't want to see our pretty faces. You can listen to us while you're working out or taking a bath or taking a, a hike or 
going out somewhere and maybe you just walk in the mall or whatever, uh, as I like to do, those are things that you can, you can listen to us there. So go and find us wherever you download podcasts and please remember to leave a review and leave some stars some five star reviews there on there that helps uh, raise the visibility as well and attracts more ads and more supporters here uh, to our show. And speaking of supporters, Big shout out to Carbon Health. Carbon Health has been sponsoring us, and Carbon Health is continuing to sponsor us again for another three-month stint. So shout out to Carbon Health. Thank you very much. Please go and check them out for all your healthcare needs. Healthcare.com, whatever you've got going on, not healthcare, CarbonHealth.com, sorry. CarbonHealth.com, whatever you got going on, they will absolutely take care of you. Sometimes you can even get day of visits that's incredible that sometimes you can be in there and get in to see them day of you having an issue they got urgent care stuff they got testing for covid if you're going overseas they got testing for that they got everything you could possibly need just head on over there virtually or in person they can take care of you head on over there to carbonhealth.com so thank you so much for supporting geek buddies and the outlaw nation all right we'll talk to you all later take care of yourselves be well have a great weekend and we'll be back with another Spoiler review episode for Moon Knight here from the Geek Buddies! In a world saturated with glossy facades comes a podcast that's breaking barriers. This is Reppin. It's where we do a deep dive into subjects like belonging, to mental health, to courage, and more. On Reppin, you'll meet the faces you think you know and discover their untold stories. It's real, it's intimate, and it gives you insight into the real person behind the images. In a world of pretense, Reppin strips it all down, No filters, no facades. Learn and be empowered and find inspiration through thought-provoking stories that resonate with your journey. Every episode is an exploration into the truths and values that make us who we are. Representation, it's not just about race or gender. It's about you. Reppin ensures that every voice is heard. Every story is valued. So be seen, be heard, and be represented. Listen to Reppin wherever you get your podcasts.